So if you think that grownups are perfect and have all the answers, you're going to be waiting a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi, mom. Hello, Ingrid. Let's talk about faith in adulthood. Let's talk. So for two weeks, we have been talking about faith in different aspects of humanity (laughs) as a kid and as a I like that you said the kind of the transition years between teen years and now we're going to adulthood and I I love that this is not just a conversation about faith specifically for five-year-olds but the way that mom and daughter interact in that relationship it's pretty specific for kids versus parents but uh, uh, like it's just a really specific journey to take and then we talked last week about how much tension that there can be between mom and daughter when that daughter becomes a teen and a tween and I think that there is still more in that conversation when you become a young adult and that is exactly where I am right now and so this is a really prevalent conversation for the two of us the way that adulthood affects faith and the way that it affects our relationship. Mm-hmm. I know, maybe just to comment as we start off, that my I was told a lot as a high schooler that at some point I would have to claim my faith for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, that just is because I happened to grow up in a faith community that will be different for different people. But um, I remember picturing that that was going to come as like a rock bottom, I don't believe in anything anymore, and then having to build up from there. And I know a lot of people where that is true, and I think that that is a super valid experience, um, especially because the Western Christian Church is very messy. And so there's a lot of people that do need to, to, to kind of start from scratch and feel the need to go through the things like that. I always wondered what would happen for me that way, because I've never had a year where I just felt like abandoning everything and throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And so what does it look like to claim my faith for myself? And my personal experience has been that it is a lot more about personal habits and personal commitment that is a little bit more humdrum than big revolutionary, this is what I believe now. I think that's per personality too. But What I've learned from adulthood thus far is that in most parts of life, it's a lot more about just like being intentional day to day and recognizing that, oh, like if I'm going to make healthy food, I'm the one that gets to do that. And if I'm going to go to bed at a certain time, I'm the one that tells myself to do that. There's just like a taking ownership that feels very small in a day to day life, but it's it's the consistency and the well-roundedness of that that ends up being why you get to call yourself an adult and not a kid. (laughs) We're watching each other on the Zoom video and I'm nodding, nodding, nodding. So my nonverbals are all (laughs) yes, 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 and then yes again. What I have discovered and as I have studied brain training, which is what I do for my time and parenting, take teach parenting classes, the whole concept of executive function is really huge in my 
world. And executive function just is basically knowing how to live and make your own decisions. And it's all about uh, systems and routines and habits. So habits and routines. Hmm. And as you have discovered, and I'm nodding emphatically, all the little decisions, the daily things that you do are habits and routines. Do you choose to go to bed? And how do you regulate that? And do you choose to eat well? How do you regulate that? And that is hard. That is work. And that is what adults and parents Mm -hmm. do for their young kids. And where it gets messy is where we talked about the tween years, the transitional years, where, where the parents are kind of letting go, putting up less scaffolding, and seeing how the building holds up on its own. We walked down the street yesterday and somebody's uh, front yard, they're uh, building a fence in their front yard. And right now they only have the corner posts of the fence. They don't have Mm. any of the in-between pieces, but they had scaffolding to hold it up. And they were like diagonal pieces nailed into the vertical posts and in the ground. And it was such a simple and visual picture of, okay, I'm going to hold you up now, but it's with regard to human beings, it's important to help you know that I am, I am holding you up now and, and now I'm going to take one hand away. (laughs) Also mixing metaphors here when you learn to ride a bike. Okay. I'm only holding on with one hand now, and now I'm taking both hands away and you're balancing on your own. So it's easier for some parents and it's harder for other parents. It was kind of rocky and difficult for me. And then with regard to the faith conversation, is there room for doubt? Faith is very personal to me. It's a very deeply held value to me. So it can be difficult for me to accept doubt. Except that when you guys were in your tweens, we happened to live in Pasadena. So we have the privilege of having Fuller Seminary near us and Fuller Youth Institute. Mm -hmm. And we had the director, Kara Powell of Fuller Youth Institute, talk about having room for doubt and being willing to share your doubts with your kids. Because I I, I do have doubts. It's not like I have no doubts. I have a lot of doubts. But the point she made is, am am I, do I have courage to share that with you? And am I afraid that if I share my doubts that your faith will be rocky? And her scientific research-based evidence is that actually your faith will be stronger if I am willing to share my doubts and yet still have faith. So that was in theory and in the research. And now I would say over the past, what, 14 years, we have gotten to experience that in practice. And I have tried to share my doubts a little bit more vocally. Like, I wonder Mm -hmm. about this, or I'm struggling with this. And be actually more of a peer with you on that journey. I think that's such a great example. It sort of lays the groundwork for hopefully what is an easier transition into adulthood with your child to say, I'm not, I, I agree that it's like, I'm not perfect kind of a thing. And that is actually far more comforting than The daughter looking at her mom going, she's had it all figured out and how come I don't? And Mm -hmm. I just, I still feel this way sometimes, but I definitely 
felt growing up like, I just want to be an adult. I just want to prove myself that I'm a grown up. And uh, so if you think that grown ups are perfect and have all the answers, you're going to be waiting a long time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Something that I think that we came up against pretty quickly also was the way that maybe doubt could connect with personal habit creation. I know in college, we didn't agree about a lot of things. And some of that was ways that I decided to change my habits and push boundaries. And then I've kind of grown out of that and, and actually come back to a lot of habits in personal life that are much closer to your values. But regardless, I think like I've, I've always had faith and I've, I've always been really faithful in that and seeking the Lord and having a personal relationship with him. And there were some years there where my life habits and my faith habits looked different from yours. And there were a couple conversations that, at least to me, felt like you saying, prove to me that you are still faithful because you do not live a life that I feel is faithful. Yeah. And so we had, and I I remember like sort of sitting with you at a coffee shop and being like, I don't know what else to say to you. Like, because you've raised me and I can give you a lot of answers yeah, apologetics, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're, you're good at point blank questions. And in college, you were a little bit brutal with point blank questions about what do you believe about this or this? And I, I could say back to you, this is what I believe. And I remember your response being, well, I don't believe you. I think you're just giving me an answer because I know that I put you in Christian school for 18 years. So of course you have the answer, but that's not the same as really following through. <laughs> What and a kind parent I am. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I mean, th- th- we're all human. And this is, I think, really important to share because it was, that's, it's honest about where we both were. And so I, I think a lot about young adulthood in, in this relationship is, is grappling with the fact that we are different people and we have different habits. And where do you decide to differentiate between habit and, and faith and honesty? It's a long, long journey. Trust is built slowly and honesty is proven through time. Mm. And so there, the answer was that there was no way for me to sit there at the coffee shop and prove to you. Mm-hmm. Because that's never happening in a conversation. Mm-hmm. So I know that's kind of a, a, a vulnerable story, but I I think it's important to share as as proof that these things are hard and they don't come easily. And it's mm-hmm. totally okay if you feel like you cannot connect with your daughter on their faith journey or if you're having a lot of doubts about her ability to keep her own faith when that is such a huge value for you. That it that it is really it's going to take a lot of time to, for you to for you to see the way that faith is growing in her, because truthfully, it's taking a lot of time for her to see the way that faith looks on her and not on the way that she, you know, yeah. just like childhood. Yeah, I'm going to get theological for a minute and step into our belief system. My belief system is has to do with uh, spiritual, the spiritual realm and spiritual warfare and mm. uh, sin nature. Mm. So it's hard for me to have this conversation without that because yeah. I do believe that we have, according to the Bible, an enemy that wants to isolate and mm. seek and destroy us and masquerades like an angel of light. And I do believe mm. that we have 
a sin nature. And so our enemy and our sin nature are powerful combination against our well-being and against who we are and 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 tend to isolate be successful in isolating us and getting us to be us and them and against each other so that is a position from which i stand as i speak but the way that works itself out and the way i think it worked Mm. itself out especially in that coffee shop conversation (laughs) was a litmus test and even though I didn't want to give a litmus test. Behaviors are what parents see, and they're kind of what we unfortunately kind of tend to measure our children and measure how we're doing as parents. Am I getting through to my child? Is my child behaving the way I imagined my child would behave? So when then you go off to college, Mm. and I don't see very much, but I see a little bit, and what I see is behaviors that don't align with my vision for what it means to follow Jesus, then then I ask those point blank litmus test questions. And, you know, had I to do it again, to rewind, hopefully at my place in life, I would stop myself and say, it's not worthwhile to have a litmus test conversation. Right. Because it has to do with what you're saying um, about trust and transparency in conversation yeah. and that and that is built over time and when then we can go to the metaphor of a fruit tree and when you you mm. plant a fruit tree it typically takes 5 years to bear fruit it will grow and wow that's really helpful to remember yeah and i think you know as you emerge as an adult after you're 18 after you're 21 and whatnot you still might be slow at bearing fruit. Right. So there are attributes definitely that I look for in your life and that we can hold up as attributes, which we find in the Bible, the fruit of the spirit and things like that. And if I was yeah. only to hold on to those, if I was to look at those, I probably could have said, Ingrid, I see these attributes in your life. And I that would have been so much more encouraging to say. <laughs> But I think, you know, I got distracted and and different behaviors and values blew up in front of me and clouded clouded my vision and the world around me, you know, was kind of confirming to wonder about that. I don't know. (laughs) It it was difficult. It was a difficult time. Well, and it it makes so much sense, especially coming off our conversation last week and actually the week that we talked about parents or adult kids coming home. Mm. Um, I think it's really important to remember that this beginning of the adult relationship and the way that that faith plays into that comes directly on the heels of the time when the child is the most critical of her mom. Mm -hmm. So for years now... You had been berated by me and my sister on all the ways that we think that you parented wrong, which is not necessarily how we thought about it, but it was very much how it was received. And this, like, as we differentiate, we were really hard on you and unfairly vocal about the way that we were processing our growing up. And so I can imagine that you were already feeling vulnerable and probably pretty doubtful about the job that you had done. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that then there would be a lot of fear and it would be really easy to 
validate a lot of those doubts mm. based on my behavior in college. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like I all of a sudden, college, I was still very critical, you know, mm -hmm. like I wasn't necessarily gentle and kind yet, do you? <laughs> so I think that's really important to remember that that I'm sure does not just apply to you and I, mm -hmm. that those cycles compound a little bit and that mm -hmm. really the the heart behind that hard conversation at the coffee shop was was i think if, if we could like say the subtext out loud was you being like hey i feel fearful perhaps of some of the life choices you're making and i am really concerned and maybe sad that this doesn't look like faithfulness to me and i'm like feeling sad about that or insecure about it or concerned or you know i guess i'm putting words in your mouth a little bit there but there's probably like a lot more just like doubt and fear that could have been shared there and i on the other hand could have been able to look through that a little bit and given you grace and space to say this is a hard transition and neither of us know what we're doing and i have no idea who i am and so i don't know how to explain it to you and i understand that that is uncomfortable because you've always known me and now you know don't know me and I don't know myself. So like, <laughs> now we just got to sit here until we figure it out. But of course, like who has the emotional capacity to sit there and be that vulnerable and like work through the layers to fix that six years later, I guess. Yeah. That is permission to every mom who feels like they've <laughs> been too blunt to say that's okay. It happens. Yeah. And and it, it's it's part like I totally understand now where you were coming from there. And I think it's just really helpful to acknowledge that it's a hard, hard time. Yeah. Well, what I think has helped me sometimes is when when children start to, to be when they become adults. You know, I will always be your parent, but to consider talking to you the way I would talk to a friend or the way I would talk to one of your friends, which, you know, there's obviously the age difference there, but I'm talking to another adult. I'm not babying you I don't, or that person. I don't have a lot of expectations around that person. And I, I would say kind of what has started to become apparent to me is the value of the transparency and being able mm. to still if possible, walk through some of these journeys with you and be able to hear and participate in the conversation with you about your doubts. But that, like you said, is difficult if, if I'm holding on to kind of a litmus test of other behaviors that I am valuing. Like, I never thought, will I cut you off if you have these behaviors? I never thought that. And I don't know that parents do. I suppose parents, some, some parents do, but just that it would be hard for me to share a lot with you if you were really staunchly these, this is what I believe. Then I would be like, okay, well, then that's kind of a conversation we just don't enter into very often. And I didn't understand that when you were younger. <laughs> well, it's true that transparency has to go both ways. Yeah. And I wasn't being super transparent with you. Part of differentiation at least for me, was like a like a boomerang, you know, go too far or a pendulum, go too far and then come back mm. to an equilibrium. And so in college, there I was really strung to swung the pendulum to like, I need to differentiate with you, which means I'm not really sharing my life with you mm -hmm. um, as far as like day to day things. And that, again, is where I come back to like the honesty and trust and how well connected they are. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there wasn't a lot of trust built because there wasn't a lot of honesty built. So, of course, you wouldn't want to be vulnerable with me, too, because that has to be a two way street. 
That's the only way. Like, vulnerability has to be in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Beth Moore has a quote about how all beauty comes from vulnerability. And mm-hmm. I'm always like a little bit uncomfortable with that quote because I want it to be true. And I know that there is vulnerability in some aspect when I see beauty in the world. But there is, I don't know, maybe it is true. It just makes it makes me come to grips with the fact that so much of the world isn't safe for each of us to be vulnerable in. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean there isn't any beauty there? I don't know. I This is like... I don't know if this is a little bit of a tangent, but I don't know. I think that there was still a lot of beauty in our in our relationship and the fact that we kept having these conversations and the fact that we had a second conversation after the coffee shop and we like <laughs> kept working through it and here we are now, you know? Yeah. And maybe that in itself is a sliver of vulnerability that has kept it together. I don't yeah, know. I would say to credit both of us, we both kept trying and it was very rocky. Yeah. It was like our knees and our shins got really banged up from all the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we kept going forward. We kept saying, okay, well, we'll come back and try, you know. And yeah, it was, there was some big rocks that we t- tripped over. I guess I would say what I have learned in the Erickson psychological stages of development is that a person in my age is going through this psychological crisis developmental stage is has what I have done mattered and you 20 years younger or so you know 25 30 years younger than me are going through the stage of who am I and I I am becoming who I am that individuation stage you know and and autonomy and this is who I am so which goes kind of against has what I done mattered when I am what you have done. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of, yeah, what I was getting at. So for all the moms out there who have chosen to be primarily like most of their time and social capital a mom and not having another career that they've advanced and developed over the 20 years of parenting, it's hard I'll just say it's a hard transition. And yeah. one psychologist said to us, life goes in arcs. You know, when mm. you go at the, to the top of your arc, you, everything is great. And then you start coming down to the other side. And it's helpful in life if you have something to look up to, another arc to look up to when you're t- nearing the bottom of the first one. Otherwise, you can wow. wallow in depression and yeah. say, who am I? What have I done? My life owes me. Life is really hard and miserable. So it's taken me, I would say, several years (laughs) of your past years. It's taken me several years uh, in in little spurts, not entirely, but in little spurts to have to feel like I'm going up the arc, the other side of the arc. I have had a few people in my life look me right in the eye and say, what you have done has mattered. (laughs) You parented well. Yeah. And that... Just be the counter voice. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. when, when the first time someone said that to me and I started crying, then I was like, oh, I guess apparently I really needed to hear that. <laughs> I really needed someone to validate my work. Yeah. But with coming back to the faith, having the time to open up in transparency and, and saying, I'm not sure, you know, I, I have my doubts and you have your doubts and let's follow Jesus together. And we have started to do that a lot more specifically in this past year. Ironically, in quarantine during the pandemic, we have done online church together, Uh just meeting together with a few other families, like 10 of us, and we read the Bible and we talk about it. And it has been one of the most rich and edifying experiences I've had. It's been so beautiful. Your picture of that, the arcs or sort of like mountains climbing up and down just reminded me of Pilgrim's Progress. 
progress. Oh, yeah. Makes me want to read that again. <laughs> Which isn't one of the characters that follows Christian in Pilgrim's Progress, Patience. Yeah. I think for a while it's Patience and one other that goes with him a long time. And that is really striking to me because I think that that is perhaps like the, the fruit of the spirit pillar for the emerging adult relationship with their mom. That hmm. there's a lot of a lot more patience than we have personally <laughs> that you need to get through that. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like, the thing that would have allowed us to avoid all those big rocks, which isn't necessarily the goal, as we've said before, mm -hmm. you got to get you know, sometimes you got to fight through them, mm -hmm. but would have been both like you having the divine patience to say, I don't need any answers about my daughter's faith right now because I know this isn't the end of the road. Mm. And for me to have just as patience, as much patience with myself to say, it's okay if I need a lot of time, like lifetime, to figure out what my answers are to any of these questions. Because I think part of the struggle of you asking me point bank questions about what I believe was that as much as I could give you answers and I wanted to say, like, I'm, I'm faithful and I'm seeking Part of the reason that those kind of questions struck so deep was that I was like, well, I don't know. Because <laughs> to be really honest, I all I have to give you is my 18 years of Christian school. Mm. You know, I don't have a lot. I don't. I don't have any other experiences yet to to prove to you. And I have not had any time to create habits, which also takes time. Mm -hmm. And so here I am three years out of school. Finally, I mean, I think it's important that you say that it's really this year that we've created a new rhythm where we're on a similar wavelength in like the amount of trust that we have in each other's faith journeys. Mm. Because I would say that it was this year in quarantine where I had a consistent enough life to mm. decide, okay, it's your turn to make habits in your consistent life. Mm. So if that's what it means to have an adult faith, then I'd say it's like this year that it's started to bear fruit, hmm. as you're saying, after like five or six years of trying to figure it out, <laughs> which is a big deal that that patience would be the friend that needs to come alongside you hmm. as you fall down into the valley and then like rock climb your way up mm -hmm. to the next arc. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying that it was it was other psychologists, like mm -hmm. professionals and other friends mm -hmm. that we both needed to keep climbing mm -hmm. and 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 to start building that trust, which really just has to do with coming back to the conversation and calling you tomorrow. Yeah, and saying, oh, this has been a little bit rocky, <laughs> but I'll be here tomorrow. Right. <laughs> but I'm, I'll be back. Yeah, I'm going to call you in tomorrow, regardless of our differences. Yeah, because you're my family and I love you and I trust that you love me. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is good. We will be talking more about the mom's perspective on the work she's done in parenting and in future podcasts. But this is yeah. this is the adult relationship in regard to faith. So it's been great talking yeah, to more you specifically, Ingrid. You too. I'm glad we're still on this journey together. Me too. Have a good week. Okay. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.